find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey, I'm Matt, host of My Second Self and I on the Podmoth Media Network. I'm only asking for a couple minutes of your time so I can shamelessly tell you about my podcast. My Second Self and I is a unique podcast because instead of an actual other person, Alex, my co-host, is the audible manifestation of one of the many other voices in my head. Sounds weird, but it kind of works. Well, sure, that sounds interesting, you might be thinking. But you might also be thinking, well, what kind of pod is it, Matt? My Second Self and I is a comedy show about true crime. What? How does that work? I believe that with the right tone of voice, different voices, and good storytelling, that even a gruesome story about a serial killer can be told in a way that doesn't leave you feeling gritty or gross. Don't worry, I can see you scratching your head. I understand the murder isn't the funny part, rather it's how I tell the story that gets you to laugh. So, what kind of stories can we expect? Great question. You can expect anything from serial killers, missing persons, cold cases, conspiracy theories, paranormal entities, cults, and pretty much anything within the general vicinity of weird slash unexplainable is on the table. You can also expect a certain level of professionalism in that I will do my very best to present the most accurate information I can, as well as being entertaining and engaging. If that sounds like a good time to you, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. My second self and I. Tell your friends and stay kind. Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. We are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmouth podcast. How you doing, Haley? I'm fucking hot, Catherine. How are you? I'm same. So sweaty. Yeah. It's it's awful to go anywhere in this heat. It's so bad. Yeah, it sucks to leave the house when it's this hot out. But it's this hot everywhere, so that kind of sucks too. Anyway, what are we talking about today, Haley? Well, I was told it's spooky week. It is spooky week. Just like every third rotation week. The past 100 episodes. What are we talking about today on spooky week? I believe it's something to do with movies. Yeah, I think it's like cursed movie sets or something. Yeah, it's it's cursed film sets. Okay, so we did maybe a little bit of overkill. But we're bringing you 18 movies today. Um, each of us got nine. Um, and yeah, nine sounds a little like a weird number to get to, but don't worry about it. <laughs> we got 18 movies today. So Haley, you should go first. All right. So first film number one. So we got the omen. I know. We probably all saw this coming. Trust me, there will be a lot of movies that we saw coming. Don't worry. (laughs) But I bet you there are going to be some in here that you did not see coming. It's true. All right. So The Omen came out in 1976. It's an old movie. The way that we're going to do this, as me and Catherine talked, we're we're not going to deep dive like we normally do. That shit would take forever. Um, We're literally going to say the name, the little synopsis that's on Google, and... The reason why it's supposedly cursed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. Got it. That's all you okay. got. That, this is like an urban legends. You're just getting the facts. You're not getting anything like deep dived. You're not doing anything. Also, my, just so that I can say it for everything, 
every one of my synopsises are from the IMDb synopsis. I think that Haley's is from the Google, just so that we can keep that in there. Just so you know, we're going to be quoting it. Because some of the movies, I don't think we've even seen. So The Omen is about an American diplomat, Robert, adopts Damien when his wife, Catherine, delivers a stillborn child. After Damien's first nanny hangs herself, Father Brennan warns Robert that Damien will kill Catherine's unborn child. Shortly thereafter, Brennan dies and Catherine miscarries when Damien pushes her off a balcony. As more people around Damien die, Robert investigates Damien's background and realizes his adopted son may be the Antichrist. Yep, that's the omen. Yep, that is the omen. <laughs> I don't. I've actually never seen this movie. I just you've know. never seen oh. the omen. Oh, sorry. Have it's you? Fine. Yes, I've seen the omen. I used to love the omen. Yeah, I. I mean, I've obviously heard about it and. I don't know if I saw the remake of it or not. I don't think I've seen the remake of it either. Wait, but is the remake? Oh no, that's the Sixth Sense. <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> I was about to say is the remake though with Haley Joel Osment, but then I realized that was the Sixth Sense. Completely different movie. <laughs> not the same at all. I don't think I've seen the remake either. Then. Okay, so that's your little synopsis. Here's the awful shit that happened. Okay. So, we got Gregory Peck, which mm-hmm. is the main actor guy. So, before production actually began, his son died. Yep. And that's really sad. Yep. Also, on the way to London in September of 1975, on his way to film the movie, lightning struck the plane, caught the engine on fire, and it almost crashed. He survived, though. Then we have Mace Nofield, who is an executive producer on the film. Their plane was also struck by lightning. They're okay. And then, same topic of lightning for some reason. David Seltzer, he's a screenwriter. He was barely missed by a lightning strike while he was in Rome. So, all the lightning. (laughs) There's lots of lightning, bro. Like, on the multiple movies. That's that crazy. I that I did. There's lots of lightning. That I don't have any more lightning. Sorry. Oh, I got the rest of it then. <laughs> so, another thing. So, Mace Newfield, him and his wife, they were staying in the Hilton in London when the Irish Republican Army decided to blow it up. Luckily, yeah. they weren't there. You uh, and I saved the worst for last. So the last awful thing that we have that I have. So, John Richardson, who is the special effects artist on this movie, he and his assistant, Liz, were driving in Holland, and they were working on another film at that time called Bridge Too Far. The car ended up crashing, and during the crash, Liz was unfortunately beheaded. In a manner that it, it it was just so creepily similar to a scene that Richardson worked on for The Omen specifically. Apparently, it also happened on Friday the 13th. And after the crash, when he like crawled out, when he crawled out from under the car, 
there was a sign on the side of the freeway that you would see, and it read Omen. And since they do in kilometers, not miles, it was 66.6 kilometers. That's just a big old nope. Yep. I Here's the thing, though. I feel like the last part of that, like the whole, like, he saw a sign that said that they were 666.6 kilometers away from the town Omen. Why? What sign have you ever seen that says you're this far away and they put like 0.6? Yeah, I, when I was reading it too, I was like, that's a little too ominous. Yeah, like, and 66 miles, It, I just feel like that's just too on the nose. Unless the town of Omen's like, ooh, 666, this is when you're 66.6 kilometers away, like. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's just because like the town of Omen is called the Omen and like blah blah, and that's why they have that sign. But to me, that was like ah, I don't know if that's true. Like that seems all like a little too coincidental. It is very coincidental for sure. <laughs> and then so Haley and I both did this one by accident together, <laughs> but I have more. Can I tell you what else happened? Oh yes. So there's a monkey attack sequence or scene in the movie. And the day after the monkey attack sequence was filmed, the trainer for the monkeys, he was murdered by a tiger the day after the monkey scene was filmed. Oh, my God. The tiger literally grabbed him by the head and he died instantly is what it said. At least it was instant. That's what I'm hoping is that it was painless. And then lastly, the 2006 remake also had a lot of crazy things happen. But the craziest thing that happened is that the director says that, like, it's really common when you're filming that you're going to lose film and you're going to lose chunks of whatever you recorded. So that's very common. But they didn't lose some film. They lost 13,500 feet of film. When they were recording the second omen. That's a lot of film. That's a lot of film. He's like you might lose like a roll. Or you might lose like a little bit. But that is an absorbent amount of film. That they just lost. Oh yeah. And then I wrote this down. Even the producer said quote. The devil was at work and he didn't want the film made. Yeah. That's a very common theme with demon movies. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Well that was interesting. Number two is The Exorcism of Emily Rose from 2005. Our synopsis is this. A lawyer takes on a negligent homicide case involving a priest who performed an exorcism on a young girl. That's from IMDb. This movie was based on a true story. So I'm going to bring you a little mini crime in this one for you. Annalise Mitchell... I believe it's Mitchell. It might be Michael. In 76, Annalise was put through 67 exorcisms within one year. And at 16 years old, she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy, which is like epileptic psychosis. So she was like hearing things, seeing things, and she was not responding well to any of the medicines that they were put giving her for like five years. They were trying to give her medicines and she was under care a lot and 
her family was like, she's possessed. She's absolutely possessed. She's not responding to medicine. It must be the devil. So they took her to this Catholic church and she would, they were like, please perform an exorcism on her. But they didn't perform just one. They performed 67 exorcisms. And during those exorcisms, she stopped eating and drinking. And the reason she died was from malnutrition and dehydration. The family and the priests were charged with homicide due to neglect, but they only got three years of probation for actual murder. And this is in Ireland. I cannot imagine going through 67 exorcisms of priests yelling at you. On the other hand, the movie had a lot of really scary things happen on set, supposedly. Jennifer Carpenter, who played Emily, reported having a lot of paranormal experiences, like the radio in her room would like turn off and on by itself. I was like, is it an alarm clock radio? Is there an alarm set? Like, I'm trying to debunk this stuff. Like, as I'm researching this, I'm like, is this just bad luck? Um, And then the director said that he also had weird experiences on set, like at 3 a.m. at his hotel, the fire alarm went off in his bedroom. 3 a.m. The ghost hour or something. The witching hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But not only 3 a.m. did that fire alarm go off, but that's exactly what happens in the movie, too. Interesting. It's, I guess, I'm just going to chalk it up to a coincidence. Because that'll help me sleep better. That's the exorcism of Emily Rose. The true crime is scarier than the, the little things that they had happen on set. That's true. The fact that it's based off of a true story alone is scarier than what they did that happened in set. I don't know. Okay, your turn. <laughs> oh, God. I wish, I, had, I, I wish I had something happy at the end of this. I'll find something happy to I say know. at the end. Okay. All right. My next one. It's The Crow. Okay. I've never seen this movie. Okay. Me neither. But the pictures all look like movies that you might have seen. Do you know about this movie? Like, I've never seen it, but, like, I know about this movie. I don't think so. Really? No. I'm sure you'd tell me, though. Okay, yes, I will tell you. I would definitely consider this one of the most cursed film sets. Really? Yes. Okay. So, The Crow. It is on my list to watch because it looks really good, and it Obviously, like you said, looks like something I would see. The Crow, not 1994. The synopsis is the night before his wedding, musician Eric Draven and his fiance are brutally murdered by members of a violent inner city gang. On the anniversary of their death, Eric rises from the grave and assumes the gothic mantle of the Crow, a supernatural avenger. Tracking down the thugs responsible for the crimes and mercilessly murdering them, Eric eventually confronts head gangster Top Dollar to complete his macabre mission. Oh, okay. I am excited because they're remaking this movie. And Bill Skarsgård is playing him. (laughs) I'm so happy. I'm, I'm just very concerned because I really hope that the curse does not hit this film. It won't. Because I will explain why. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure safety precautions are way more yes. set yes. in place now. Yes. 
you can't do all the same things you could do back in like the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. So <laughs> I will cry if history repeats itself. Okay. I think I know what's going to happen then. Mm. Tell me. Okay. Day one of filming this yeah, day one of filming Thanks. this this freaking movie. They had a voicemail, right? That was left for them saying that bad things were going to happen. And that same day, an electrician on set was backing up like a cherry picker truck thing. And like the top of the truck hit like the power lines. And he got electrocuted and set on fire. And he was rushed to the hospital, treated for second and third degree burns. He survived, but his ears had to be removed. You guys can't see, but she's having like a full on attack right now. (laughs) Are you okay? I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was just going to be like he had to have skin grafts done or something. I didn't think his ears were going to have to be removed. That sucks. No. Okay. And that's um, only day one? There's more? That's day one. There was a hurricane. There's always a fucking hurricane. Okay. What happened in the hurricane? The hurricane that came through, it destroyed the back lot. And that's okay. when rumors officially started that, that this shit is cursed, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And... The rumor started because the main character, the actor that plays the main character in the in the crow is Brandon Lee. Okay. It was Bruce, it's Bruce Lee's son. Okay. And Bruce Lee had just died mysteriously on set prior. Oh. So a rumor started happening that this was the like the, the Lee family curse or whatever. Okay, okay. If I was Brendan Lee, I would be distraught if someone was like, your dad died because of this fucking movie that you're in. Like, no, they were saying that they were saying that he because he died mysteriously on his movie that the Lee family's like cursed or whatever. So his dad died and then brought whatever since since Brendan Lee is in this movie, it's the Lee curse following to this movie. So basically, they're telling him because your dad died, our movie's curse. Yes. Fuck you. Okay. That's very Move shitty. On. It's very shitty. That is. That's really fucked. Up. Whichever way you cut it, it's still kind of shitty. Like you yeah. have to sit there and be like told that your family's the reason for all of this shit, and the fact that you've lost your poor father recently anyone who's lost anyone i don't want to make anyone sad just like think about the after all of that someone also says also this is the reason why everything else is going wrong because you your person died like that's crazy anyway i'm sorry it's just not fair it's not so there's a scene where brandon lee in the movie he's coming in to rescue his fiance from a character called fun boy and that character in that scene they shoot him and apparently the prop specialist whoever they did not properly check the gun and there was a dummy bullet lodged in the barrel they didn't see it 
And then so they loaded it with blanks for the scene. And the blanks are just supposed to create like the sound and yeah. whatnot. So I was supposed to shoot anything. But since that dummy bullet was in there, the blanks created like a velocity high enough to basically turn that into an actual bullet. And what happened? And he ended up getting shot in the stomach. And he get, was rushed to the hospital, but he did die during the six-hour emergency surgery that they were doing. And he ended up dying. That's why oh, I asked no. if you knew about this movie. Because, like, I knew that. But I, I haven't seen so. the movie. I just know that he died. Here's the thing. I know that has happened on other movie sets. If not, someone has told me about that specific part happening. Because I knew what was going to happen when you were saying it. Like, I had heard that exact story somewhere. And it also happened recently with James Baldwin or something. Remember he shot that girl? Anyway, it happens a lot on movie sets. But that's fucked. Yeah. How did they finish the movie? So, from the way that I've read about this movie, that was like a beginning scene, apparently. But they literally only had eight more days of filming left. Oh. That's it. So, but there was the only... They did finish it, but they had to obviously, like, cut out some things, rewrite some things, and work with what they had. And the only real thing that suffered was they had to completely remove a character called skull cowboy and i guess they're like a big character in like the comics but since brendan lee never filmed any scenes with that character with that actor and character or whatever they just didn't see a point of even putting him in the movie that's crazy So, so yeah that's the crow Okay, so when the main character dies on set, isn't it kind of icky to to finish the movie? I mean, I yeah, know that they, I, I know they probably didn't have any choice because like other people are paying them to do the movie, blah blah blah. But like, it's a little icky. So when I was doing my research, I did see that the director said this made me feel kind of gross, but I guess I could see why. But I also am like. You just did it for the money. Yeah. But he said that they finished the movie in honor of him because that's what he would have wanted. Maybe he would have wanted you to double, triple, 3,000% check the fucking gun before it went off. Maybe that's what he would have wanted. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's a little icky. I mean, I know they probably didn't have a choice. Like... People who probably didn't want to continue probably didn't have a choice because they had to sign contracts for doing the movie and getting the money and they would have had to pay back all the money they've already spent. But I just think that it's a little icky. Yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. I'm going to be doing Rosemary's Baby. This one was released in 1968. I loved 1968 Rosemary's Baby. I know there's like, I think there's a newer one. I've never seen it. Okay, mini synopsis from IMDb. A A young couple trying for a baby moves into an aging, ornate apartment building on Central Park West, where they find themselves surrounded by peculiar neighbors. So, 
There are a lot of deaths that are associated with people who worked on this movie and their families. The director is Roman Polanski. I'm pretty sure I said that right. And he's like, I'm going to say allegedly so I don't get sued, but he's allegedly a really bad guy, just like in real life out in the world. Um, But his pregnant wife, Sharon Tate, and if that sounds familiar, it would be from the, the crime that the Charles Manson cult committed. She was murdered by the Charles Manson clan a year after the movie was released. Some say that it was linked to Roman's creation of the movie Rosemary's Baby, which is why they killed her. William Castle is the producer of, or one of the producers for Rosemary's Baby. And he received so much hate mail. And this was back in the 68, which means you had to write your hate mail on a fucking piece of paper, put it in an envelope, close it, put a stamp on it, and put it in the mailbox to send people hate mail. You had to really fucking hate them. You, they, they really fucking hate your ass. You, you really had to be fucking committed to hate mail back in the 60s. Anyway, William Castle received a lot of fucking hate mail for this movie. There was one that was that said, my prediction is that you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness that you have brought upon yourself, is what they said. After the movie, William Castle died from kidney failure due to a block in his urinary tract. And supposedly, allegedly, at the time, he was having hallucinations about Rosemary coming for him. It was just weird that people were like, you're going to die a slow, fucking painful death. And he, like, died from his kidneys failing. Yeah. So, but that's not all. Unfortunately, there's more. Uh, This section of Rosemary's Baby was different in every article I read. So let's be clear that I did a lot of research, but I don't know which one's actually true. So the composer for the film, he passed away and he passed away of one of two ways from what I found. He either jumped to his death from a party in like a tall building or he passed due to having a blood clot in his lungs or his brain or something. I know that's not very helpful to you, but that's all the information I had. At one point, I was like, oh, he had a blood clot. And then I read another article that was like, he fell to his death from a party. And then lastly, the apartment building where the movie was filmed is called the Dakota. And five years after the movie was filmed, I know it's five years, something very important happened at the Dakota where it was filmed, is where John Lennon was shot and killed outside of his apartment building, the Dakota. Mm. And this one article, it was like, and that's the triangle between Rosemary's Baby, Charles Manson, and the Beatles. That's all I have for Rosemary's Baby. Ooh, I'm wondering, when is it okay to be like, oh, that person's just dead because that's how things happen sometimes? People die? Or when is it blamed on the movie? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Anyway, your turn. Well, I mean, some of these are reaching for sure. For sure, yeah. So my next one is The Exorcist. 
The Exorcist is about, it is one of the most profitable horror movies ever made. This tale of an exorcism is based loosely on actual events. When young Reagan starts acting odd, levitating, speaking in tongues, her worried mother seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A priest, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest makes a request to perform an exorcism, and the church sends in an expert to help with the difficult job. Now, this movie came out in 1973. I know this, I've seen this movie. Have you seen this movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this movie scares the shit out of me. Yep. Still does. The two main actresses, so Linda Blair, who plays Reagan, and Ellen Burstyn, she plays Reagan's mom, they both suffered uh, long-term injuries. I mean, like, back injuries. I don't know how, but they apparently are still injured to this day. And there was a big fire that happened. It burned down all of the sets except Reagan's room. Which they thought was weird. That's crazy. That's crazy. There was a man that I, I'm guessing it was a small role, but it, it was a man that played a nurse in the hospital that Reagan gets taken to. And apparently, he ended up, that person, actor or whatever, ended up killing a reporter before the movie was released. Huh? And he could not give police an explanation on why he did it. Like, it's almost like he didn't realize that he did it. That's um, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in total, though, nine people that worked on this movie have died. Wow. And it's insane. And not only has it affected people that worked on this movie, it supposedly has affected audiences and people that watch this movie. That's so, like one of the scariest things I always think about. I'm like, I'm afraid that this is going to curse me. <laughs> like this movie, yeah. watching this movie is going to curse me. Yeah. yeah. So when the movie premiered, many audiences that went to see this movie claimed that they suffered from vomiting and fainting. A woman suffered a miscarriage. And she blamed the movie. There was a situation in the UK where they tried to ban this movie because they it was being claimed that the movie was possess it was it was like a gateway to the human soul to possess the human soul and it was causing people to become violent. Like nice. out of nowhere. Yeah. The, and do you feel like when I watched that movie, I got like sick to my stomach, you know? Yeah. Like, Especially that's what when it, they're like, for me, when I got really like, it, when she's at the hospital and they put like the catheter thing like in her artery, mm. oh, <laughs> yeah, can't do it. <laughs> right. But that's all I have for the exorcist. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. So my next one is The Shining, and I don't think this one's cursed at all. <laughs> I just think that Stanley Kubrick is allegedly not a good guy. So it's The Shining is from 1980, 
and this is the mini synopsis from IMDb. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both the past and the future. Now, it was said that this set for The Shining is was a very high-pressure, high-stressful environment. But really, it was only that for Shelley Duvall. Stanley Kubrick, the director, expected a lot from the actors. And I wrote here, I said, it might be cursed in like a different way than like the devil. <laughs> Just cursed by Stanley or something. I don't know. But he allegedly like berated and isolated and stressed Shelley Duvall out. Just so much so that she was even like losing chunks of hair from her head. And some think that he's the reason that she, after The Shining, retired from acting pretty close to after the end of the movie. And so then I put, I know what you're saying. It's not really cursed, right? And I would say so too. But there was also a 11 alarm fire that destroyed two of the stages on The Shining. And there was no evidence on how that fire ever broke out. And that's all I got for The Shining. That's crazy. I think that it's mostly just proof that Stanley is like not cool because the article I read, it said that Jack Nicholson and I don't remember the other guy, but the uh, the two guys on the set was like, Stanley's cool. Stanley's fine. Shelly had a lot of problems, which kind of is like insinuates that maybe Stanley didn't love to, you know, make women feel great, you know, kind of an asshole. Yeah. All right. So this is my last big one. This is the Twilight Zone, the movie, which I've seen, but I don't remember this part. I think I've seen it too, but I probably won't remember if you don't remember it. Okay. So my little synopsis, it it came out in 1983, but the synopsis goes, this tribute to the beloved Supernatural TV show has four episodes. In the first Racist Bill Connor is transformed into a Jew in World War II. Next, Mr. Bloom comes to a retirement home to teach the residents that they are only as young as they feel. In the third, teacher Helen Foley meets Antony, a boy who is not what he seems. Finally, a panicky plane passenger, John Valentine, sees gremlins attacking his flight. That motherfucker back there is not real. Okay, no lie though, that's the only one I remember is the plain one because that shit scared the fuck out of me when yeah. the man's like, "There's something outside window," yeah. like it's ingrained in there, bro. That's the only part I remember. And the guy was like super sweaty, but each episode has a different director. And I thought it was cool Steven Spielberg did one, but lucky for him, he did not do the one that we're going to be talking about today that made it a cursed set. The first one? Yeah, I couldn't kind of figure. Okay, so the segment called Time Out was directed by John Landis, and it's the one about the racist guy, Bill Connor, who is played by Vic Morrow. 
So during filming, the crew became concerned constantly about safety and the precautions being taken because Landis wanted to create such a realistic feeling that he allegedly used real bullets. Oh. <laughs> and then there's scenes in the the episode because he's trying to create like, you know, World War II, whatever. It there's a scene that required a helicopter and explosives. Okay. Simple yeah. enough. Yeah. So the scene in question, the reason okay. why this is considered cursed. So Vic Morrow, the actor, the scene that he had to do, it was a scene where he was rescuing these two kids. And there's like shit happening, like war, whatever. But he's trying to rescue these kids. Here comes the helicopter. He's trying to hoist these kids up into the helicopter. But as he was doing that, they set off the explosives, which is what they were supposed to do. But the explosives were too close to the helicopter. It hit the propeller and the helicopter killed both kids and Vic Morrow. No. And they were only six and seven years old. No. Yeah. Finish it. They did finish it. See, I still get an icky feeling from that, especially this one. Sorry, Brendan Lee, but that's three people that died. And they still finished. Yeah, th- yeah. Two three of them being died kids. and three people died and six were injured in the helicopter. That's crazy. Yeah. So it it is said though, like I, I wrote it down, I was like, is it cursed? No. But it, like nothing else happened bes- besides that. It was just really bad production planning. Really bad. I think there's a lot of this these older movies like they didn't have the same precautions, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, accidents mm-hmm. still happen on set, but I feel like a lot of these are just like bad accidents, you know, not because the film is cursed. Yeah. Do, do you not? Okay. Here's the other thing. Do you not think that saying that the reason that Brendan Lee and those kids and that guy died was because of a curse cheapens the fact that they died? I don't know. I just feel like when people yeah. die on the set of a movie and we're and and people are out here writing articles saying like these movies are cursed. I don't know. Like that's that cheapens the fact that they passed away. On the bright side though, this did the situation. It did cause some issues to be brought up and oh, some laws to be changed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, some laws to be changed. Kids, obviously, I think they basically made it to where kids can't be around explosives and they can't be filming so late and they have more regulations now. All right, my next movie is called Roar. And no, it's not a Katy Perry song. And the mini synopsis from IMDb is the naturalists living with big cats in East Africa expects a visit by his family of four from Chicago. A mix-up leaves them searching for his family who have been left in the clutches of wild lions. Now, I don't think that this is a horror movie, but I've never seen it, and I've never even heard of it. But the 
but the like picture of the movie is just like of a big lion noelle marshall though is the person who did this film with his wife and he was the executive producer from the exorcist so (laughs) it's not that it's not that it wasn't maybe not a horror movie but he has done a horror movie that was very cursed and they did this film with lions and they loved it so much so that they were even keeping the lions as pets in their family but this movie did insanely bad at the box office so bad but while filming this movie with a lot of big cats being lions you know lionesses things like that at least 70 people were hurt on the on the set of this film even their daughter got mauled or some sort of injury from a lion and she had to get a hundred stitches and surgery on her face a hundred stitches is not like anything to shake a fucking stick at that's a lot of fucking stitches oh my god noel and his wife both came down with gangrene during the film because they were hurt and attacked by lions so much and just in case anyone doesn't know gangrene is when someone loses so much blood that their body tissue begins to actually die Then lastly, the cinematographer on this film was basically almost completely scalped by a fucking lion while filming. What? And that's Roar. Okay. My next one is the Amityville Horror. Okay. So honestly, the whole film franchise has kind of got issues. But again, it's based on a true story, kind of. Why wouldn't it be cursed? And it, right. And it involves the devil. When George Lutz and his wife, Kathy, in a beautiful new house in the small town of Amityville, New York, they think the place is too good to be true. After they move in with their kids, they find out the cheap price tag is thanks to the house's sordid history. The former tenant murdered his family after supposedly being possessed by the devil. Believing the home is haunted, the couple find a priest to help them rid the place of evil spirits. So, the only things that I could find was in the 2005 version, which has Ryan Reynolds in it. Ryan Reynolds, along with a few others of on the crew, they would supposedly wake up at like 3.15 a.m., which is the same time that the original like true story killer guy would wake up because the witching hour and a also in the 2005 version a body of a fisherman washed up onto shore while they were like filming terrible uh and then similar to your story where you said there was like two different things so, in one article, it said four weeks before the movie released, the the real George Lutz died. Okay. But in another article, it said it was Kathy Lutz, so the wife. So, oh. but one of one them of them died. That's it. My next one is The Wizard of Oz from 1939. If you guys don't know the synopsis of The Wizard of Oz. Young Dorothy Gale and her dog Toto are swept away in a tornado from Kansas 
to the magical land of Oz. They embark on a quest with three new friends to see the wizard who can return her home and fulfill the other's witches. So this is another movie that I'm just like, it's probably just a lot of fucking malpractice because it was so long ago and they didn't have any rules and regulations back then, um, which makes it, I feel like, not cursed. So the Wizard of Oz made history in so many ways, being one of the first films to include color. But on the other hand, this movie had so many accidents and bad things happen. So to start off, I think a lot of people know this, the Tin Man almost killed himself basically because of his painting, his face painting, because the face painting was made of actual aluminum. And so he basically had aluminum poisoning and it was coating his lungs. And after filming, he had to go into an iron lung to like survive and live. The actress who played the Wicked Witch actually caught on fire and she actually had third degree burns from that fire. And she did a smart thing, and she refused to continue doing scenes that involved any kind of fire or any kind of danger. The Cowardly Lion was forced to wear a 90-pound costume in 100-degree weather. Not to mention, the costume that he was wearing was made of real fucking lion skin. Oh my god. I was like, that's disgusting. He basically crawled into a lion. Anyway, there were a lot of accidents regarding the flying monkeys in The Wizard of Oz. They were strung up on flying wires, but a lot of them got hurt because those flying wires would snap and they would just tumble back down to the ground. I don't think any monkeys died, but I do know they got hurt. And poor Widow Todo broke her paw during filming. Luckily, there's this big theory around this picture from the movie, a screenshot from the movie. About 45 minutes into the movie, Dorothy and, and the gang are walking down towards the thing, and there's supposedly a munchkin that's hung in the trees. But here's the thing. That is all a legend and a myth that's not true at all which in fact when you have the still it does kind of look like someone is hung in the trees but if you look at the actual video of it it's actually a very large bird because they had birds of all sizes in the studio at all times to make it seem like they were outside so like when you watch the actual clip it's also from the 30s so it's like very blurry but If you watch the actual clip, it does look like it's like, anyway, it's all a myth. That's never, that would never happen. A munchkin didn't hang himself. That's all I had to say. That's all I got for the Wizard of Oz. My next one is, hopefully I'm saying it right, but it's called A Tuck. It's A-T-U-K. And the reason, Catherine, you said earlier you never heard of this movie is because it never got made. Oh, okay. So this is what I found on it, though. A Tuck is a movie that has never been made. It's a fish-out-of-water story about an Inuit in New York based on a 1963 satirical Canadian novel called The Incomparable A Tuck. So the reason why it never got made is because John Belushi got casted to play the the main character for, like, right before the movie was going to start. 
production, he died of an overdose. So then they casted comedian Sam Kinison. That's how you say it. Sam Kinison. He got casted. Then he died in a car crash. Then they casted John Candy. No. And then he died. He, He died of a heart attack. Then, finally, they casted Chris Farley. Okay. And he overdosed like Belushi. So they decided, let's just not do this. And that is it. That's all I have on it. Okay. So I feel like I heard about this movie, but I never knew what it was called. Because I did know about this. I didn't know it was... When you said a tuck... When I read that, I was kind of heartbroken. Because yeah. I love John Candy and Chris Farley. Yeah. I loved all their movies. Yeah, me too. And so... And it literally just broke my heart. Because I was like, did they really die because of this fucking movie? Yeah. But at the same time, we have to remember at the same time, saying they died because of a cursed movie takes away from the fact of the great life that they lived. So they lived a great life. They did some great movies and we appreciate them. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm, that's what I was trying to say before. It just, it makes me so sad. Okay. So the next movie I have is the abyss. Here's our mini synopsis. A civilian diving team is enlisted to search for lost nuclear submarine and faces dangers while encountering an alien aquatic species. I'm not going to lie. Sounds kind of good, but it's not very popular. Or, I don't know, it's not a very good movie. (laughs) It's gotten terrible reviews, too. But due to the nature of the movie, this movie had a lot of accidents on it. A lot, if not most of the movie, was shot underwater. Like, actually underwater. Not just like, we're in a pool. Like, actually 35 feet underwater i wouldn't i would say no thank you <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not, not. absolutely not there was a scene where one of the actors was being dragged underwater while his helmet was filling with water and there was a diver there to provide him with oxygen as needed so they could get the shot during one of those takes he very obviously almost drowned James Cameron is a part of this movie. He, I'm pretty sure, is allegedly not a good guy either. So I think he's the director of this movie, but he's also in the movie. James Cameron ran out of oxygen while he was underwater, but he actually didn't realize it until it was too late. So then he was running out of air while he was 35 feet underwater. So he began ripping off his gear and ripping off all of his like diving equipment so he could get up. And the diver that was that finally saw that he was he had no air, he was coming to go give him air. So he tried to take it, but there was some sort of malfunction with the actual reserve air from the diver that he was giving him. But the diver kept trying to make him take it, but he kept on pushing it away and pushing it away because it wasn't working and he had to get up to get out, right? Well, he basically had to, like, punch the diver so that he could actually rise back up to the top and get get air to breathe. So, my God. 
That's just a few of the accidents that happened. But due to the nature of the film and the fact that it was filmed underwater, it's I'm sure that happened quite a bit. But anyway, that's all. To be fair, okay. I thought that it sounded like a good movie. Okay. So my next one, I basically... It's three movies, but mm -hmm. one because it's the same, basically. Okay. So <laughs> we got Insidious. Okay. Which um, Insidious is a movie about uh, parents take drastic measures when it seems their new home is haunted and their comatose son is possessed by a malevolent entity. Okay. So we got that one. Then we have The Innkeepers. Which process for that is when two employees at a New England hotel decide to investigate stories of hauntings and ghosts, their curiosity wakens an unwanted presence. And then lastly, the possession, which is the synopsis is when their youngest daughter, M, becomes strangely obsessed with an antique wooden box bought from a yard sale, parents Clyde and Stephanie see little cause for alarm. However, M becomes increasingly unstable, leading the couple to fear the presence of a malevolent force. To their horror, Clyde and Stephanie learn that the box contains a dibuke, a dislocated spirit that inhabits and ultimately devours a human host. Yeah, okay. So all three like ghosts, right? Supernatural? Yeah. So in all three of these, there have been multiple reports of, you know, strange happenings, noises things turning on turning off ever hmm. so for insidious the crew would constantly feel uneasy and they would feel very negative energies per se around and they just felt awful all the time and i guess in a lot of the rooms they would hear like a buzzing noise but there's nothing there weird in the innkeepers they would get weird phone calls they would just get phone calls constantly and when they would answer it there'd be nobody there and then lastly the possession so apparently a lot of weird shit was happening around the dibuke box yeah specifically the prop there'd be a lot of cold air weird shit happening and people were just scared to be near it i don't blame them so they put the box away in like a storage facility and was eventually destroyed by a fire that happened at the facility. Okay. That's crazy. That's it. So the next one I have, and hear me out, the next one I have is The Passion of the Christ from 2004, a Mel Gibson movie. The mini synopsis for this is that the Passion of the Christ depicts the final 12 hours in the life of Jesus of, the, Jesus of Nazareth on the day of his crucifixion in Jerusalem. As a young person who went to church religiously through their childhood, we actually watched this movie in church on Easter weekend. Anyway, I digress. There were a lot of dangerous factors while filming this film. Jim, he played Jesus. He was actually injured a lot of times from the whipping and he dislocated his shoulder. And he was injured quite a bit in reality than just like in the movie. 
But the biggest reason that this movie is said to be cursed is that Jim, while filming, was struck by lightning. And the actor said that people were saying that it looked like he had, quote, fire on both sides of his head when he got struck by lightning. And if that wasn't enough for you, the director also got hurt while filming. Haley, how do you think they got hurt? Lightning. They got struck by lightning two times. What are the odds? You know, you're making... You're no. making this movie and you get struck by lightning twice? Come on now. You know, there is a saying that says lightning never strikes the same place twice. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it does. <laughs> and there's this quote that I thought was so funny in the article. It said, it's as if Mel Gibson's own God is angry at him, probably for nine or ten good reasons. So here's the thing. If you believe in God, you could say that God didn't want this movie to be made because Mel Gibson being an allegedly bad guy, things like that. I don't know. But you could also say that it's just straight up cursed by something else, too. That's all I got. My next one, it's called The Ring 2. Oh, just a little movie called The Ring 2, in case you haven't heard of it. But the synopsis is... Sequel to the cult horror about a videotape that brings death to anyone who watches it. The journalist from the original film destroys the tape, but is pursued by the demon that cursed it and who now wants to possess her son. So, if y'all don't, if you haven't seen the first one, I'll give you a quick rundown. There's a girl that is like this demon thing inside the videotape that if you watch it, you have seven days and she's going to come get you. That girl, when she was alive, she died by drowning in a well so the the cursed fact about the second one is apparently the set kept flooding unexplainably that's weird and that's it (laughs) yeah so it's never short okay so my next one is maximum overdrive from 1986 Here is the mini synopsis for it. A group of people try to survive when machines start to come alive and become homicidal. Easy. Too bad. Okay. Supposedly, many people on the set were put into some very dangerous situations for filming. As you know from if you've seen the movie. Laura Harrington said, quote, You always felt like someone was going to die on set. That doesn't seem like a very good place to work if you think that every day you come to set, someone's going to die. There was a camera assistant that said, quote, every day we had security because this movie was very dangerous. One of the cinematographers supposedly lost an eye during the lawnmower accident. Yeah. And there was a literal hurricane that hit the set during filming, but no one was hurt, thankfully. But there were many people on the crew that had many accidents due to the nature of the film. That's it. It pains me to talk about this one. You told me only like very minimal bits about it. And I'm like, this is going to be a toughie. Okay. So my last one. I did not mean to make this the last one. This is definitely not a good movie. (laughs) So. The movie that I'm that I'm going to talk about for for just 
a second is called Cannibal Holocaust. Sorry. Ugh. All right. That movie came out 1985. Unfortunately. Jeez. It has become like a cult classic to some. This movie is all kinds of fucked. Mm-hmm. All kinds. So the synopsis for this one. During a rescue mission into the Amazon rainforest, a professor stumbles across lost film shot by a missing documentary crew whose goal was to study the region's indigenous cannibalistic tribes. So similar to Cannibal Holocaust, Eli Roth did come out with a quote-unquote maybe remake or inspired by this film, but it's called The Green Inferno. Okay. I've seen The Green Inferno. It is definitely not for the faint of heart. Okay. But Cannibal Holocaust is on a whole another level. So the director, his name is Ruggiero Diodato. Diodato? Hopefully I said that right. Ruggiero Diodato, an Italian man. I know he has passed away at okay. this point. But uh, this movie just had a lot of problems. This director wanted to be as realistic as possible for mm. a lot of his things. So much so that he did some unethical things. Well, the main, the, one of the main things is there are many deaths of animals in this movie. And oh. they are real. They are very real. And it's fucking sad. Do you think that he like had to do like multiple takes with multiple different animals to make sure he got the scene? If he was really so. killing out here killing animals. You know, I really hope not. Yeah. I hope not too. You've definitely heard of this movie if you are in the community, but the only I made the mistake in researching this film deep, a little deeper, <laughs> and because I'm trying to see why it's cursed, okay? Like what happened, right. which led me down a rabbit hole and led me to actually seeing some of the movie in which certain like killing scenes happen, and I only knew that there was a turtle. Okay, they kill a turtle. And I was like, okay, I know that's in there. I'm prepared for it. I wasn't prepared for the others animals that are in this one. There was like a, a spider, which I'm like, we kill spiders all the time. Right. There was a, a boa constrictor. And then there was a monkey and a little like baby pig. And that's where I lost it. Oh. Because they were so small. Yeah. It's just awful. I do not recommend looking. Don't you dare fucking look it up. Don't you dare. Mama Haley's going to be mad at you if you do. Exactly. But anyway, this guy is partial genius for this part, actually, but also fucking stupid. Like I said, so the way that it's filmed is like a a found footage. Mm -hmm. So people that saw this movie thought that it was real. Oh, my gosh. And they thought it, and I mean, of course, the animal deaths are real. So they're like, the human deaths are real. Oh my gosh. And so this guy, this director guy, 
got called into court and got put on trial for murder because really? of this movie. Yes. Holy shit. He got put on trial for murder and they were like you and because he quote unquote filmed a snuff film. Yeah. And the reason why I said it's a genius and a dumb thing because he had all the actors in this film sign yeah. a contract that as soon as the movie was over, they were going to go MIA for a year at least. Oh my God. He had them disappear and not do any acting gigs for at least a year to further make people think that the people that died actually died. Yeah. It was kind of funny because when he got put into court and put on trial for the murders of these people, they were mm -hmm. like, he was calling them up left and right. Like, tell them you're alive. Tell them you're yeah, alive. Exactly. That's crazy. But yeah, that's uh, Cannibal Holocaust. That's the same thing that happened with the Blair, the Blair Witch Project, is that people thought that this movie was real. People got pissed that it wasn't. Okay. Um, okay, my last movie is Poltergeist from 1982. Ooh. And I tried to save the best for last. That's why... Anyway. I love Poltergeist growing up. The mini synopsis is one sentence and it says, a family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. Great. Oh, it rhymes. Yes. Now, the Poltergeist curse, per se is kind of over the whole movie franchise, not just with the first Poltergeist. So it's considered, and you said this about The Exorcist and maybe The Omen, but it's considered to be one of the most haunted movie sets ever. People say that the reason it was probably one of the most haunted movie sets is that in the first Poltergeist, there's a scene where the mother falls into a pool of skeletons and those skeletons were actual human skeletons they yep. were not fake so the director said that was cheaper than fake bones real bones are cheaper than fake that's disgusting that's crazy yeah you would think it's the opposite you would think but and no. what's what's fucked up is the actress i heard she didn't even know yeah she didn't know when she did the scene that it was real. So on this Poltergeist 2, one of the actors tried to perform an exorcism before they started filming. Which, it's never good with someone who's not trained in exorcism to perform them. So over the course of all three movies being released and filmed, four actors died during that time. And then after the movies were released, two more passed away so the at 22 years old dominique dunn who played dana the older daughter she was murdered by her boyfriend because her boyfriend strangled her to death just after the release of the first film at 60 years old julian beck who played kane in poltergeist 2 died from stomach cancer and 53 years old, Will Sampson, who played Taylor from Poltergeist 2, and this is the same guy who did the exorcism, died from kidney failure. And that was just after Poltergeist 2, I think, was released. And then just a few months before the third movie was released, 12 years old Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, 
passed due to issues. And there are three different reasons I found that she passed away. She either passed away due to an issue during surgery or the fact that she got sepsis or there was a misdiagnosis. And it could have been a combination of all three of those, but she had some sort of emergency and they couldn't save her. So she passed away at 12 years old right before the third movie was released. I knew about that one, sadly. Yeah. And then later, Richard Lawson, who was an actor in the movie, he was in a plane crash that killed 27 people, but not him. Whoa. That's bonkers to me. And then Lou Perryman, he was also an actor in one of the movies. He was murdered in 2009. So I personally wouldn't say that the set was technically haunted, but it was like kind of the whole franchise. And then I said, it could be that the actors were just a little unlucky in the scenarios that they were in instead of it being cursed. Because I felt bad about saying it was cursed, you know, (laughs) for the same reasons I've been saying it. But like, I think it has one of the most actor deaths. That's insane, dude. But that's all I have. That's Poltergeist, and that's the last one. All right. Do you have anything to tell us, Spooky, before we go? Spooky Babes, thanks for joining us on this interesting, sad adventure. I had a lot of fun looking this up. Me too. It's very sad, but, but yeah. Hopefully next week's better and not as sad. <laughs> It'll just be a movie. No real bad things will happen. So that's okay. good. Okay. All right. Well... I hope you enjoyed today. Hope you learned a little bit. Hope you enjoyed just listening to us cringe and, you know, just have a grand old time talking about bad stuff. But yeah, we love you. We care about you. And we will talk to you later. I'll give you your inspiration in just a second, but I just Googled cute, fun animal facts, and I got to give you just a couple things just so we can end on a light note. First of all, some turtles can breathe out of their butts. That's funny. <laughs> Honeybees communicate through dance. That's cute. Aww. And this is my favorite. Every cow has a best friend that they hang out with every single day. <gasps> Me and Haley. Oh my God, it's us. <laughs> anyway. I just thought I might give you just a cute, couple cute little animal facts so that you guys don't have to be so sad. Hopefully that gives you a boost of serotonin that at least lasts for 30 minutes. Just think about it. Honeybees dancing, so cute. Okay. And then turtles breathing out of their butts. Yes. They're just blowing bubbles. Yes. And it looks like farts, but it's just breathing. Oh my God, so funny. (laughs) All right. Well, you guys are worth it. You are awesome and amazing, and you are smashingly good looking. I can see you guys all from here. Smashingly good looking. And if you like the podcast, please rate it five stars. So we will see you in your nightmares. Woo! I'm a turtle. I'm breathing out of my butt. I'm a turtle breathing out of my butt.